everybody. It is me, George G. Got another great episode, The Aligned Money Show, coming your way, featuring Matt Benson. He's a certified financial planner and the owner of Sunmore Financial. He's been named to Investment News 40 Under 40. We had a great conversation about managing concentrated stock positions, what that means, some of the planning considerations when you have the opportunity to have them as part of your employment contract, the common pitfalls that people fall into, how to be proactive about creating a plan, and lots of other cool stuff, including a spirited game of two truths and a lie and a great difference-making tip. Let's go. Matt, to get us started, give us two truths and a lie. So I went to school uh, in Nebraska at the University of Nebraska, studied finance. I've had lunch with Warren Buffett on two different occasions. Not a, not a, not a large group, small group. One, two, I sold books door to door in college, paid my whole way through school, and most importantly, maxed out my Roth IRA each year while in college. And number three here, my wife and I have been to all 50 states. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot there. I feel like there are more than three things there. You uh, you, you went to college in Nebraska. You had lunch with Wait, Warren Buffett. Sorry, sorry, the first one was the preface. And uh, I've, had, I've had lunch with Warren Buffett on two different occasions. Okay. That's the first one. Number one. And then the second... Sold books door to door while I was in college, paid my whole way through school, maxed out my Roth IRA each year. Second. And then third, wife and I have been to all 50 states. Oof, those are excellent. I've got some inside knowledge on you. I know that you sold books. I don't know about the IRA thing. I believe that it's very possible you had lunch with Warren Buffett. It's also very possible you've been to all 50 states. I don't think you've had lunch with Warren Buffett two times. <laughs> you you got it. I've actually had lunch with Warren Buffett even once, but I have been to the Berkshire shareholder meeting. <laughs> okay. I, I, so I've I ate it. a meal in the presence of Warren Buffett. Okay. Yeah. I, all right. I, I got it. Um, people that sold books with Southwest are very proud of their experience. They are. And are 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 you in fact? I that's yeah that's the group yeah Southwestern is the group I, I sold books with yeah yes absolutely. I mean. You, for those who aren't familiar, it, it, give them give them ten sec, give them fifteen seconds or thirty seconds on that or whatever. Yeah, holy smokes! Yeah, I mean it's probably the 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 best if if you, if you want to be an entrepreneur or sales training. My goodness, it's the best training program. But it ain't. I mean, it's it's stinking work. I mean, I'll, I'll give like the really the really hard phrasing of it. I mean, we're working eighty hours a week, straight commission. But um, so you find out you can separate the wheat from the chaff very, very quickly, very quickly. And don't they drop you in some strange community and you live with some kind of a sponsor family? Yeah. 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 So we would, we'd live in the same area, um, you know, all summer. So I, I, I grew up in Nebraska, but worked in like upstate New York and Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. We'd live in the same area all summer and live with the host family and the host families I always lived with were, were fantastic. Um, but yeah, then you just, you work in that area all summer long. So it's, it's, a little different than just like the perception of being just dropped off in a neighborhood. Like if you have good PR, people get to know who you are in a good way um, where people are like, oh, yeah, I heard about you. You know, I talk about you at a baseball game. So it's uh, when I when I was when I was at my best, it was super enjoyable. But there is for sure like. The nerve of knocking on a door. 
Yeah. Talk about just ultimate sales training. And you said it perfectly, separates the wheat from the chaff. So incredible experience. So you did that for three years? Uh, I did it. Yeah, I did it actually for four years. Four, four years. years. Each year after I was uh, each year freshman through my senior year. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Very cool. Well, beautiful. Well, it's good to talk with you again. What is top of mind for you? Yeah. The thing that's top of mind for me uh, lately is uh, the challenge that many investors have as it relates to a concentrated stock position. Um, it's a common scenario that, that, that we see in today's market. Um, just, you know, employers trying to be competitive, um, you know, have, have, uh, different compensation uh, arrangements where they'll have, well, they'll offer uh, RSUs, restricted, restricted stock units, uh, employee stock purchase plan or ESPP, um, non-qualified stock options, incentive stock options. Um, that's that's kind of the, the, the scope of, uh, you know, we've written a white paper on it. Um, it can be uh, a potentially lucrative uh, you know, a thing for, for, for people, but it also carries a substantial amount of risk. And so we've just been focusing and developing strategies that help mitigate some of those risks, but, uh, also identify or also align with the broader financial goals, uh, and risk tolerance for each client. So it's just about helping to find the sweet spot where diversification meets personal financial objectives. And, when I think about stock options, things like that, it strikes me that there is a lot of complexity. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the non-qualified stock options and incentive stock options um, are probably a little less frequent to see, but um, yeah, the, the, there's, there's a lot of complexity in those. Um, you know, when, when, when to exercise, um, what's your tax consequence? Um, are you subject to the alternative minimum tax AMT? Um, if you are, you can, you know, on, on some of those there, you could, you could have, you could end up owing a tax liability on something you don't even have money for yet, right? So they call that phantom tax, um, and that might be your best strategy. But just like anything, as it relates to planning, you don't want that to be on accident, right? Oh, oops! You get to April. I own it. I have a five, six figure tax, li tax liability because I, because of what I did with my, my stock option. Right. Um, you just want, you know, you want to be proactive, uh, in those things and, and, uh, make sure that, you know, if, and that, that's kind of the, a lot of, of what we've, uh, developed is, is, uh, you know, developing a plan that, Hey, if we know we're going to have a big liquidity event or a big, a big tax you know, a big tax peak in one certain year. What other things can we do to try and offset that so that we're not being ultra patriotic, if you will? I appreciate that. You're right. You do not, I do not want to pay any more to Uncle Sam than I need to. No, no tipping from, from my perspective. That's right. So I think when people think about, um, you know, equity in, in, in a company as an employee, if I'm not an owner, um, stock options, th these are opportunities. And I think we think a lot about tech companies in Silicon Valley. Um, have these always been a pretty, a common tool outside of uh, Silicon Valley and, or are they becoming more popular all across the country? 
No, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, the most common space where we'll see them is is uh, technology and and biotech, but it's not. It's not. Uh, uh, you know, it's not those alone. Uh, I would say for sure, different sectors you see it more prominently. Like I said, technology and biotech. Um, and, and you'll see the, like I said, the incentive stock options and the non-qualified stock options. You know, a lot of times you'll see those uh, before a company goes public um, or, or just like very early on uh, in the company. Um, kind of like the name sounds like an incentive stock option. You know, you're giving this, you know, a company's incentive in giving this is get to give it to somebody uh, who's influential in the company. Um, when it's When it's granted to you, there's no money. There's no money. There's nothing to be had for it unless the stock price goes up. Um, so you're incentivized that the stock price goes up so that you'll that you have uh, kind of a um, have some skin in the game, have some skin in the game as it relates to to the company. Um, for more mature companies, um, we're certainly I would say we're less likely to see, you know, the ISOs and the non-qualified stock options. But, um, you know, Companies that you know, I'm in. I'm in Arizona here. We, you know, Intel and and Honeywell and um, Northrop Grumman and things like that. Like we're far more likely to see RSUs or employee stock purchase plans. Um, those are are very common, um, and those are you know a lot more mature companies. So that was that was what I was curious about. Is I know that. Pretty sure there's lots of different ways to do this from your startups that want to bring on great talent with the promise of a big exit or a big liquidity event. You can get rich working at this company, even though it doesn't seem like it right now, versus I'm going to work at a Fortune 100 company and I'm getting some kind of, of equity in, 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 in the process. How much does it cost a company to do that? Why, why wouldn't a company do this kind of a thing? Why wouldn't a company uh, have 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 uh, stock options? Like for some of these companies, small startups, they're they're publicly traded or they're private companies that are offering some kind of option. Mm -hmm. And so when they do eventually go public, that's when it happens. And then for a company like Honeywell, obviously it's a publicly traded company, so they're offering discounted opportunities to buy shares. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, you know, what does it cost the company? I think the the cost on the actual program is probably pretty negligible. You know, when, when you're talking about like an employee stock purchase plan, um, you know, they can they can discount the shares and, and the incentive of why someone would be a part of that uh, is because you can buy your company stock at up to a 15 percent discount. That seems kind of compelling, mm -hmm. right? Now, there's a couple hold periods you have to satisfy, um, and even more if you want it to be a tax favored distribution. Um, but you know, the discount I think for the, from the company's perspective is like whatever. Uh, and on like the the RSUs, uh, RSUs like those are effectively it's a bonus. It's taxed like a bonus that's tied to the company stock price. Right. So you might say, hey, I get 100, uh, you know, 100 shares of, of uh, 100 RSUs that vest over five years, you know, 20 a year uh, over five years would be kind of a common common vesting schedule. And company stock price goes up uh, the day it vests. Just it's, it looks it looks the same as if you got a bonus on on that day that it vests. That's and it's taxed the same way. Um, so from the company's perspective, it's 
I, I think the real cost is losing talent, losing talent, right? So if, if their competitors um, are offering programs like this and you're not, then you're going to lose talent, right? And again, I'm in, I'm in Phoenix here, so there, there's a lot of aerospace. Um, there's a lot of uh, semiconductor uh, and, and uh, uh, supporters of that with Intel and, and uh, Taiwan Semiconductor. Um, so if you're not offering that and your competitor is, then yeah, you're probably going to lose some of your top talent. Which makes sense. It's very, it's, it's pretty common sense, right? I have the opportunity. I have the degree, the experience. I'm a, a gifted engineer. If I can go to company A and get a piece of the action, so to speak, or company B and just get a salary, which is awesome. I'm probably going to go to company A where I have the potential upside. No, that's, that's absolutely it. Yeah. And, it, and, and I think there's like, you know, there, and all of us, uh, there, there kind of, there can, there can exist this kind of greediness. Um, it, it, it exists. It still exists for the bigger, the bigger, more mature companies. But you know, we're talking if we're as it relates to like startups. I mean, people hear the word startup and they think, oh man, Amazon was a startup at some point. Man, Apple was a startup at some point. Like, what if I, what if I work for this company and then the stock price goes, you know, from a dollar to five thousand dollars a share? I could become a millionaire just by this alone. Right, um, you know, and sure, that's possible. <laughs> uh, but you have to, you know, when when we're thinking about how you develop a plan around this, you have to take a step back and really think, what are your financial objectives? Um, I know that sounds like totally canned and like financial planner jargon, <laughs> but seriously, what like having money just to have money does nothing. Right. If if you just have money in your bank account, have money in your bank account. That that's not what that's not why you that's not why you would go do this. Right. right. Because you want to give generously. It's because you want to have a second home. It's because you want to buy a new car. It's because you want to send your kids to a, a private college, to private school. Like you have these objectives. Right. How do how do all of these components of your compensation um, or the components of your investment plan? How can those things solve this? And if you ask those questions, and that starts to that starts to get into um, how you how you develop a plan around this, because I think kind of the first question you want to ask yourself is um, how much are you comfortable? How much exposure are you comfortable having to to your company stock? And then from there, you know, if you, if you answer, you know, I'm comfortable with, you know five to 15% or something like that. Well, if the number gets in excess of that, then you start to go, okay, this is awesome. This has been a great run. Maybe we should start to take some chips off the table. And then you can kind of get into strategy of, hey, how do we do this without getting absolutely blasted on taxes? Because that is a very, very realistic thing uh, of getting blasted on taxes if you do mm -hmm. not have a plan and all of a sudden you get this tax bill that is due that's not a happy place to be and enron taught us that it's not good to have our career and the majority of our investments or our retirement plan tied up with the same company and it's awesome to be rich but what's the point of it if we haven't really thought it all the way through of what am i going to do with all this money and um what's 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 the point of all of it so 
Does somebody need to become an expert? Probably not, right? That's why there's folks like you who are who are out there talking about it. So, um, what, like, like, what does typical engagement look like? Yeah. How do you help people well, plan? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, it depends on the complexity of of what someone's looking at. You know, you don't, um, you know, like like you often say, no one's going to care more about your money than 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 you are, right? And that you know that's that's true. Like I I say that kind of stuff to my clients too, right? So uh, when you're engaging, you know, if you decide to engage with a financial planner or, or someone else just to give you counsel. Um, bear in mind that whoever you're engaging is not going to care more than you care <laughs> about this, about your situation. Right. So you need, you need to still be educated on the matter. Um, like when we engage, when we have a, a client engagement, we're not asking for someone to toss us the keys and say, Matt, just tell me what to do. Right. We're trying to walk through them and say, um, Hey, so you've got like, like actual real example here. I have a, a client who's the significant portion of their, of their annual compensation, about almost half is from RSUs. From RSUs, and there's the company he works for. Stock price has gone up; has done well. Um, so he's had these these RSUs that were uh, that were granted uh, over the last several years. Stock price has gone up. His compensation, as a result, has has gone up as well. And he's going to have when we look over the next uh, three years here. This is uh, you know 23, 24, and 25. When we're able to project out, we see hey 24. We're going to have an abnormal amount of RSUs vesting in that year. And if the stock price of the company stays just where it is today, we're going to end up in a different tax bracket than what we are, right? Mm -hmm. This, this, you know, again, coming back to, 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 to planning topics here, this person is, is charitably inclined and, uh, you know, gives generously to his church and he, you know, is, is looking and saying, if I look at 23, 24, and 25, 2023, 24, and 25, is there one year that's better than the other as far as as far as gifting? Um, and the answer is yeah, there is. Uh, so for him, it's it's hey, we, you know, we can give more if we give more in 24, we're able to get a, a tax deduction at 35 percent. Whereas if in 25, in 2025, or in 2023, we're looking to get a tax deduction at 32%, right? This is kindergarten level math when we look at it that way. Which would you rather have, a deduction at 35% or a deduction at 32, right? And we're able to we're able to come to that end conclusion there by by knowing what, you know, what our objectives are, like what are we actually trying to do with this money? And then by making a plan out and and seeing, hey, when are these things going to hit? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Not rocket science, but rocket science at the same time. So <laughs> totally, it is. There's a, there's a lot of moving parts to it, and I think most people aren't. You know, they're not intuitively going to think through it. Uh, you know, necessarily through that way. Um, I think a lot of people, as it relates to their equity compensation, they kind of look and they go, well, it is what it is. Like, you know, it's it's just going to hit. Mm. Well, yes. <laughs> and, and there are a lot of components to your plan that are outside of your control. So like in, in this example here, when these RSUs vest, are these within our control? No, they're not. No, that's kind of dictated to us by the company. Um, but what can we do as a result of knowing that those RSUs are going to invest, 
right? And yeah, we can do something about that. We can do something about that that uh, that has a positive impact uh, for that household, for that family. Love it. Well, Matt, we're ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for us? Well, I think uh, a good tip to leave for the audience, again, kind of boring here, but regularly review and rebalance your investment portfolio. I know it seems cliche, uh, but it's especially true if, if you have uh, concentrated, to- concentrated stock positions. Um, markets change and so do personal circumstances. So it's just important to ensure that your investment strategy continues to align with your financial goals and your risk tolerance. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on. Sometimes the most important stuff is the most basic stuff and the, easy, the stuff that's easiest to uh, to just not do. Kind of like sitting down and doing strategic planning for our businesses or our lives, Matt. Well, it's great talking with you again. Um, and I know, I believe that you have a workshop or some kind of a, a seminar coming up on, on uh, concentrated stock positions. That's right. Yeah. In uh, 2024 here, we're going to do uh, three different webinars here. So if you want to learn more about that, um, you can go to sunmorefinancial.com slash aligned. So that's S-O-N-M-O-R-E financial.com slash aligned. You can register for our upcoming webinar um, or watch a recorded webinar. Uh, and then in addition, when you register for the webinar, you'll get access to our white paper, which delves uh, into uh, great detail on uh, concentrated stock positions. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show me your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Sonmore, S-O-N-M-O-R-E, financial.com slash aligned and get registered for one of those upcoming webinars. Take advantage of that white paper because I bet, I just bet if you've got some kind of stock option, bonus, something or other that is part of your employee compensation package, it is sitting, or the information is sitting in a pile on your desk or the kitchen counter and you've been knowing and thinking about doing something about it. So this is your opportunity to actually take action. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks, George. And finally, as Matt mentioned a minute ago, friendly reminder, there's not going to be anybody who's more interested in your financial success than you are. So act accordingly.